When we look at culture, it's our ideas, our values, our knowledge base in reference to society around us. It can be material culture, those things that we possess. It can be non-material culture, the stories that we learned at the feet of our grandparents, the old wives' tales that we believe in, um, the various aspects of society itself. It can be technology, uh, where we live in a very small town or very large town. Those are all aspects of culture and how it defines us. Culture is so important in our makeup and who we are as individuals because it reflects our true nature. Uh, as, an, as a teenage girl, uh, growing up in a military family, being raised on military bases, I had a very different, different definition of culture because there were the officers and there were the enlisted. Um, I had friendships with every nationality, every color of individual, every race, every creed. I never knew the difference. Honestly, my family just was open to all people and we enjoyed the interaction with our friends from different countries and, and different ethnic background groups. And then I finished high school and went away to college in the South and started learning about prejudice and people and their belief system based upon someone's race or their background. And it shocked me. And I remember calling home and talking to my mom and saying, I'm so confused, I don't understand this. And more than once, my mother and father had these talks on how they didn't prepare me for the outside. They didn't prepare me for what life looked like off of a military base. Uh, my mom to this day is 86 and she'll talk about going to the commissary instead of going to the grocery store. It becomes an aspect of who you are. My mother being married to a Marine never used her own social security number. Everything went under my father's social security number. So now as a widow having to receive services on her own, people will ask her for a social security number and she'll say, I don't know, just a second. And she'll pull out her wallet and um, pull it out and have to read it off to them. And I know that individuals are gonna go like, what is wrong with your mom? And I'll just say, oh, I'm so sorry, raised in a military family, her social security number didn't matter, my father's did. That was part of our culture at large. When we look at um, culture from a sociological standpoint, being our value system, what are our beliefs? As Christians, we believe in the uh, value of an individual, their self-worth, their role within um, our community based upon their own design and their calling. When we look at um, our interactions within the community, if we're, in, if we're born into a large community, if we're able to engage with large numbers of people, then we may learn so many different things about um, who we are based upon those individuals, their interaction and their input. You may have another person um, that is more sheltered and they've only had minor or minimal exposures to individuals and then they're faced with something that's challenging and they may not be prepared to embrace it or um, interact with it. I have, from my own academic setting with my children, I've homeschooled, I've public school, I've private schooled my children, and I've seen how each one of those venues have impacted them, what they've learned from and how they've grown from those experiences. Um, I've had some friends who have homeschooled and they've used that as a way to encourage their children to grow beyond their means, and they may have, one of my friends, her daughter completed her education at 16 and started community college and was finished with her education by the time she was 20, and that was a great success for that young lady in the academic field. Then when she tried to get a job, 
many of the jobs she was interested in and working with children and working with difficult adolescents didn't feel like at 20 she was mature enough to handle that responsibility. So both aspects of that culture, being homeschooled, being able to thrive and to move quickly through her academics also made it difficult for her to where she was probably almost 30 before she was able to really settle into um, a successful career. And it wasn't that her homeschool experience was a bad experience at all, but she realized that some of the challenging situations she may have faced in a really large public high school may have helped her be able to engage and interact and seem and, and provide a more mature aspect to her life that she didn't have automatically. We look at uh, our experiences when we go to another country. Culture shock. Uh, the exposures or the feelings of, of being lost in this different ven vantage point or this different venue. Um, I had a friend who saved forever to go to Paris. She could not wait to go to France, went over with her best friend. They were so excited over seeing uh, the museums and the different aspects of that culture. And she had a very romanticized um, vision of what would happen and she went at a time that Americans were not seen in a favorable light and she said more than once she was pushed out of a line someone would come up to her and say stupid American she got spit on and she's like oh my heavens I really was looking for this to be this kind of fantasy turned into reality beautiful kind of experience and she really struggled with it she would go back again um, but she probably would do it differently and she said you know I had to be prepared for that culture and for that understanding. As an educator, I know some students are socialized to never be able to engage or interact with their teachers, so I have to encourage them to come and talk to me. I have to read papers based upon English maybe not being their first language so that I can um, understand the social aspects that they're wanting to share with me even though their communication style is, is skewed or different. Language is so important. Communication is so important. Uh, being able to read someone's verbal communication, to be able to read their nonverbal communication, where they sit in, in, a, in a room, um, how they engage and talk to someone. I had a friend whose daughter um, dated a young man from Haiti, and she is very close to her mom and her dad and her siblings, has a very close-knit family with her grandparents. And his family, the siblings, the brothers and sisters were real close, but there was kind of a divide between the parents. Not a falling out kind of divide, but the adults were seen here. The, uh, the children didn't engage with the adults a lot, and the children were here, and family communication took place with the siblings. And they saw conflict in dating because she wanted him to engage her parents. That wasn't his value. He didn't see any reason why to engage the parents. And she's like, because you'd like to marry me. And so if you want to do that, you have to be connected and committed to my parents. And so I remember sitting down and talking to her and saying, you need to understand his expectation of you as his wife is that you will marry into his family and you will adjust to his cultural and his social understanding, not that he is the, as the male is going to adjust to your cultural understanding and expectation. Um, and they ended up choosing not to marry in the end. And it was many different reasons for that. But one of them was the fact that they had two very different value system. When you have specific values within your life, then your norms, your behaviors reflect those values. As a Christian, I attend church and I read my Bible and I pray and I disciple my children and I teach them to have a biblical faith base. 
Um, I also want my children, because I'm a social worker and my husband's a police officer, to behave correctly in the community. I have a very impulsive son, so I taught him from a very early age, you don't steal. You don't take things that don't belong to you. Um, you know that if you do steal, you will get banned from a store. There will be a behavior. Even if you get away with it, I'll bring you back and you'll return that to the store and you'll apologize and you'll take ownership. And once when my child was young, he saw a kid stealing in one of the um, stores in town and he came and got me. He's like, Mom, this little boy picked up these um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and put them in his pocket and we need to stop him because do you know that if you steal from a store, you might get banned from it. And we went and found the child and I've always said to my children, you're going to turn them in. You're going to be responsible, da-da-da-da-da. And the little boy's mom came up as he was putting them down and said, what's wrong here? And I said, oh, my son saw your son um, pick up these cards. The package was already open, and he put them in his pocket, and we just explained that was stealing and what was wrong with that and, you know, that he needed to put them back. And the mom's like, yes, put them down. Come with me. And my son's poking me going, mom, she's doing it wrong. She's not making him go talk to people. and She's not making him hand that product in. And I said, I know, parents, do it differently. This is how I raised you. Okay. And we're checking out, and he happens to run into his school resource officer. And as he's explaining the scenario to the resource officer, and he's high-fiving him and telling him he did a good job. And I'm like, you know what? You really did. I'm proud of you. And he just turned to me, and he was just so intense. And he goes, Mom, do you know why I did that? I did that because you raised me right. You did a good job. You raised me right. And we all started laughing, but I thought, I did. I invested in him. Our norms are good behaviors. Our values are integrity. I taught him that. I didn't just think he's going to come along with it by himself. We raised him right. And so when I worked with my group home kids, kids that were involved in the court, kids whose parents maybe didn't invest in them well or invested in them and the children just chose not to um, follow through and act good and act well and they ended up um, getting charged with some, some kind of situation. We talked about resocialization. How do we counsel them? How do we teach them to behave differently? How do I up the ante for their behaviors? How do I get them to buy in and to invest in making a difference? And that's where communication comes in. Communication, investing in people. They know by the way I look at them that I'm interested in them and I'm engaged in them. I'm not gonna be sitting there playing on my computer while someone's talking to me and counseling. So I'm gonna put it in a part of the room that I'm not gonna be even tempted to look away from them. I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna to talk to them and I'm gonna reflect their feelings and I'm gonna hold them accountable. I've worked with some counselors who let kids get away with everything. We call that learned helplessness. We let families depend on us so much that they don't feel like they have to be responsible. As a social worker, we honestly feel that that's just a, a wrong um, trait to support within an individual. I always talk to him about, I am ability-based. I am not disability-based. I understand. I have ADD. I'll tell my students, I'm your most ADD professor and I'm not medicated. You better watch out. We're going to have a good time in this classroom. I wander up and down the rooms and, and engage. I'll sit on the table and talk to the students. I enjoy letting that energy out. Some of my students love it. And I'm sure there's students that are like, oh, she's making me crazy. But that's my nature and that's my personality. It was the same thing with my students, my clients when I'd work with them. You may have a disability. You may have a limitation. Use that as a strength. I take time more to invest in students that struggle academically at my university because everyone doesn't have the time to do that. But I love to do social work and I love to build strengths and I love to take and incorporate what knowledge I have in helping people be more successful. So it's important to communicate. It's important to set 
um, standards of behavior and expectations. So I can't judge someone that may not have my faith base or may not share my values. I can't judge them as being bad. I have to respect what their values are, but I also have to help them learn to behave within an appropriate social setting, what's expected and how that they can engage and behave with that. We call it skill building. We call it resocialization. Uh, we call it just helping people mature into the individual that they were created and designed to be. It's so easy when you see people through the eyes of Christ because you can overlook some of the choices they've made and really just respect and support what they've survived and what they've been through and then help them um, see for themselves I really can't accomplish this. I really know she believes I can accomplish this. And in the end, I can then celebrate that accomplishment. Um, and that's my big thing. I love to have fun and I love to celebrate. Um, and that's, again, a part of who we are in Christ is that we can rejoice and celebrate um, any individual's accomplishments um, and great and little successes because we know that each one of those are just building blocks for them to become the individual that they're designed to be.